Welcome to the Gears and Grind podcast, where the best and brightest entrepreneurs, automotive personalities, and innovators share their stories about how they built their empires and impart lessons for you to do the same with your host, Joshua Bennett. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Gears and Grinds podcast. On today's episode, I have Mike McManus. Mike, do you mind just giving a little bit of an elevator pitch of your background and and kind of who you are, just for those people who don't know who you are? Sure. Thanks, Josh. And uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Oh, my. I am the founder and owner of uh, Northside Hoops Apparel and... It is a Toronto-based basketball-themed apparel company based on the idea that basketball is community. And uh, the idea kind of builds off the success of the Raptors winning the championship. At the Game 6, when the Raptors actually won, my wife and I were watching the game at uh, Cineplex and uh, Young and Eglinton area. Yeah. And with the number of um, other Raptors fans that no one knew each other, but there was just this sense of community. And when the final buzzer went off, I remember the guy behind me started crying. People were hugging each other, complete strangers. And it kind of just triggered in my mind, you know, basketball breeds community. And it's evident through all the little Jurassic parks that came up all throughout Canada where cities, towns uh, met together to watch the games and to cheer on the Raptors. So this brand is meant to represent those communities and to give people something that they can wear to represent their basketball community no matter where they are for those of you who don't know during the nba finals uh last season um cineplex one of the major canadian movie theaters they actually offered to host the games for free and that was something that had never really been done before great time in toronto and a great time for the country lot of coming together because there really hadn't been a major sports win in Canadian city for quite some time. So this is kind of a big deal. Mike, do you, do you have any other reasons why you started uh, Northside Apparel? So just in general, I always knew I wanted to have some sort of business, some sort of small business ever since I was in college. It's just a matter of waiting for the right opportunity. And last NBA season happened uh, more and more, I started to see a demand for merchandise, for Raptors merchandise, for basketball merchandise in general. And two of my hobbies are graphic design and basketball. And I thought, you know what? I can put those two hobbies together and create a business out of it by making my own apparel that based on this idea of basketball's community. So it was just really a f- started off as like a fun project, but as... The Raptors got deeper and deeper into the playoffs and finally winning. I just saw that demand explode and decided, you know what, this is a, uh, it's not a, it's not a huge risk. It's low risk business. It doesn't cost a lot to start up. So I decided I'm going to try it. I'm going to put my effort into it. And um, it's been great so far. And for those of you who aren't Canadians and really watch the NBA finals, the Raptors actually start to actually do their own branding. Van Vliet does bet on yourself. My Leonard is here in Toronto. There has been a huge shift in actually having a personal brand and you want players. Yeah, you want to kind of see how you want to start. How did you take those first steps to create your company? Did you build a business 
Um, so as I mentioned before, you know, graphic design is kind of a hobby of mine. I, I like to just, uh, if I have an idea, I like to draw it out or kind of play with different shapes and stuff like that. And uh, when I decided I wanted to pursue this business, I kind of took some of my old ideas and merged them to some of the things I was thinking for uh, a brand. And I started making different designs. I started coming up with different names and um, kind of wrote down and sat down and started writing out the pros and cons of each. Um, but then started looking at doing some research on supplies in terms of fabrics and different brands of clothing that you can use and the costs, shipping costs, um, e-commerce sites, tax guidelines, all that kind of stuff. I started to do research on that, put out a kind of skeleton business plan, really trying to be as specific as possible as to uh, what success would look like in my eyes um, and what I would need to invest in order to get this off the ground. I started there. Once I was happy with a few of my designs, I reached out to some suppliers, got some samples. And then once I was happy with that and decided on a couple suppliers, I uh, registered my name, got all the paperwork done, got the... Um, my website is based on Shopify's platform. So I signed up for, for them and started doing all the back end stuff and getting the social media together and um, we were good to launch. Very cool. Why did you start a clothing store in particular? There have been many different other outfits that you could have possibly chosen. The, the, the company isn't intended to stay as a um, straight up clothing store, like an online clothing store. But I thought this was the best, um, the, the lowest risk barrier to entry to the market was to do something online that um, can be, you know, 70, 80% automated and doesn't uh, have a lot of upfront costs. I would say that in terms of competition, when I was researching, there's a lot of, I would say, like gimmick stores out there where they kind of have an idea or that they're just kind of creating stuff based on what's popular at the moment, but they're not really building a brand around it. And that's what I didn't want to become. I didn't want to um, create a business like that. So in my business plan, I actually laid out three phases that I want to roll out. First one was, which I'm doing right now, is focusing on online market. So online sales and just trying to build the online presence. Uh, the next one would be hopefully in early 2020, trying to get some of my products in some stores or trying to do some pop-up events throughout the year to get the, you know, get, the pro get the products into market, into people's hands. It's a lot easier to, if you're a consumer, it's a lot easier to um, buy a product when you can feel it, touch it, see the quality, opposed to just uh, taking a chance online. And thirdly, um, I have a lot of connections in a lot of uh, local biz, uh, basketball leagues here in Toronto. So I want to be able to offer local teams um, some sort of package that would include a hat, warm-up shirt, hoodie, and potentially uniform um, in one package so that they can kind of have their own brand for their own team as they travel, do different tournaments and stuff like that. So it's not simply just a clothing store, but I want to have a brand that's, um, a business that touches several different areas um, of the basketball market. So, so you kind of wanted to create a cookie 
community in and around Northside Hoops. Um, that includes basketball, includes other includes other areas, and you're able to actually bring people together and say, "Look, um, I can provide clothing. I can provide. I can provide. I can provide other services to you, right? In the hopes that right. you know that, that we're able to bring the basketball community together and bring more people into the basketball right. community together, so that they can share, you know, our excitement for the game and, and why we even decided to even go down this road." Exactly. You know what? And that actually makes sense. One thing that I found kind of interesting when you were talking about gimmick stores and kind of they do what's popular. Right now, right. I'm actually right smack dab in the middle of, of actually doing my own startup. And they're, they're, believe it or not, in headphones, there are a lot of gimmicks. Cheaper made products and cheaper made um, materials and, and the customer service isn't normally isn't always as good. I don't want to just be a business. I want to be, I want to be a community hub. I want to be, I want to be some, I want to be here for the next 10, 20 years and say, I help build this community. I help build this community. I help support this community. And I'm part of this community. Yeah, it, 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 yeah exactly. And um, I think that's what a lot of people are missing these days where you, uh, it's like, I think of fidget spinners. Remember, yes. uh, yeah. I guess a, a couple of years ago, fidget spinners were like super popular and people, if you sold them, you made, you know, a bit of money up front. But now, like dollar stores or these convenience stores, you can get like six of them for $10 or something. You know, they just want to get rid of them because it, it was a fad. It was a fad and it doesn't last long. And um, there's really no long-term business around that. But I agree with you. If you build a community around it, um, you're going to have better ideas, better um, opportunities, better networking more doors will open for for you in that way, and um, hopefully you'll be ar- around for a long yeah. time. Kind of one of the things that, that, that I try to do when, when somebody asks me, do you think that, when, when that this is a good idea? I, I say, look, are you just doing it, I mean, just for uh, a year or two years, or are you looking to actually build a community? Because if, if, if you're not looking to build a community, then it's probably not going to work out, because a community, at least, is there for years. They have, yeah. they have dedicated people that will spend thousands of dollars potentially in that community and then even when the community dies or it isn't as popular as it once was there will still be people in that community that know your brand and to understand that you are not just a fat thing that you're there for the long haul exactly um my next question is uh, apps or websites. I actually um, was listening to a guy called Prince Donnell, right. and, and and he was and and he's a and, and he's a multimillionaire, and he was speaking about uh, websites and apps and, and and kind of how how apps are becoming the, the next stage in websites and 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 how websites aren't aren't mm-hmm. necessarily as as valuable as they once were. Whereas apps are, everything is downloaded on, onto your phone. Everything's close by, basically. And, and, and right. you're, you're able to connect to your, to your customer like that. Instead of going online and I have to type in a website, I have to go, I have to go searching for what I want, it's all there. Everything's done for me already. I, yeah. I, I, can, I can connect right with my, um, um, with, the, with the influencer or whoever. And everything is able to get out. I I I kind of want to get your opinion on, on just about. Do you believe that websites are are kind of? I wouldn't say fading out, 
but are becoming less relevant mm-hmm. in the overall uh, technology and e-commerce market and kind of just looking at how they're able to actually influence consumer buying and behavior and that type of thing. Um, so I would say yes, in terms of apps are definitely um, the, the direction that consumers are going towards. So even now, um, Instagram and Facebook uh, have integrations where if you're a company like 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 ours, um, we can sell directly on Instagram and Facebook and the consumer never has to um, leave the app to do that. So I'm definitely seeing a lot more channels coming through apps, but I do think that websites are still relevant because I think depending on the kind of business or the kind of website you are, um, you could only fit so much information inside an yeah. app and you, you still need um, websites that can carry, um, you know, external documents, external links, um, forms, uh, certain things that don't always do well at an app. Um, but I would say as well, I think another trend that's happening is uh, there's a lot more apps being built for websites. So, for example, with Shopify, they have an entire app library that you can... Uh, with different tools that you can integrate directly into your Shopify store. Um, like one, one that I use is called sales pop, which takes your sales data. And every time someone comes onto your website, uh, a little, uh, balloon will pop up saying, um, you know, so, someone in Toronto bought this product or something like that. And it's, it's proven to be a, uh, to help grow your sales cause it adds legitimacy to your site and it, uh, gives you some extra da- data as well that could be helpful. Um, so I think, yes, apps are very important and will become bigger in the future, but I don't think we're ready to see websites completely phased out. Uh, be, be phased out, yeah. I, I kind of see that. Yeah, you're probably going to need a website, right? Because you're dealing with clients and everything else. Let's say you're a musician and you have, like, personal websites, and yeah, then I, I kind of get that. For, like, actually have like a store then and then that's where i kind of see an actual more relevant to have an app versus a web just because right. it's so much more closer and it's not as tedious more it's more convenient yeah for sure so my next question is which e-commerce website do you think is best i, I know that you're gonna say uh whether you might lean towards shopify i just want to get your opinion on, on other ones i just so that people can actually have a more well-rounded view but just that it, Right. Um, so I think it really depends on what you want to do. So I think for me, for in terms of e-commerce, where I'm selling a product, um, I thought Shopify was uh, the best all around because of um, the, because it had so much information readily available. There's information on. Uh, taxes, how to charge taxes, accounting. Um, they, they have tutorials, uh, like uh, there's something called Shopify Academy, like uh, online learning. They have podcasts. They have an app store. Everything you could want is there for you. And then all the backend that data is readily available to you. Um, so for a store like mine, where you're just selling a kind of a single uh, uh, products to be shipped 
I think Shopify works really well. However, I would say that some of the other ones, maybe WooCommerce or Squarespace or um, some of those other ones where you, where you have a service or you're trying to do like a personal website, um, I feel that one, those would work a little better, especially if you're in, uh, let's say, media, you're a photographer or a videographer and you want to have a lot of um, uh, content where you're not necessarily selling it as a transaction basis, but you're trying to put your name out there and getting, um, trying to get emails and uh, giving quotes and stuff like that. I feel like some of those other commerce sites work better um, than Shopify. One of the things that I kind of find interesting is Shopify has been around for a very, very long time and people tend, tend, tend to move towards that, um, that, that, and that side of, of, of actually building a website and building an app and building what they need for it. But there are so many other options that, that, that have strengths in other areas that they use not have considered. Yeah. So it's very much shop towards your needs. Don't 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 shop towards popular. Shop towards I mean, shop towards you actually. Like for me, what I do when I'm actually going to build a website, what I normally do is I normally go to Wix first. Be like, hey, I need to. Mm-hmm. I I I, I kind of want to make sure I have everything laid out the way that I want to get it laid out. Make sure that. Because it's free, right? So I make sure I make sure that everything is laid out. Make sure that uh, everything is as I want it. As I want to say, okay. And what I'll do is I'll just I'll I'll uh, I will split screen my, my computer and then convert all the information over to over to Shopify or Squarespace or or any of these other ones. Uh, so it's not necessarily me focusing all my time. Kind of wasting my time on Shopify or Squarespace when I could, you know, have more access and have more time to actually build a website than mm-hmm. actually going to Shopify right. because you're paying for it. Exactly. Just, actually, if I run, get as much mm-hmm. um, um, information out and then clean it up and then be able to. Um, make sure that it's in its purest form because when you go to the customer, you have to be dry your eyes and cross your teeth. Right. So, so my next question is, uh, um, you're speaking about planning suppliers. I, I kind of just want to know, how did you find your suppliers? Like, did you go to Alibaba? What, what did you do? Um, so I started off with a simple, just Google search, looking for drop shipping suppliers in uh, Canada, um, which I have found to be very frustrating because they're frankly, they're very many, um, for this type of business in Canada In the States, there are quite a few, um, that do like Printful and um, a couple others who do a really good job of this kind of um, apparel drop shipping business. But in Canada, it's very hard and I had to really do some digging. Um, I, I had, by that time, I'd already decided I wanted to go with Shopify. So I had to narrow down anything that's out there um, in terms of suppliers, uh, someone who integrates with Shopify. Um, 
And after doing all that research, I was only able to find about three suppliers in all of Canada that would, um, that would fill the need that I was looking for. And um, two of them are out in BC and one in Montreal. And I ended up choosing one in BC, uh, in Victoria, BC, uh, Raincoast uh, print shop who do all my um, t-shirts, hoodies, all the garments. And then there's one in Montreal called Art of Wear that do all of my, do all of my hats. Um, but honestly, it's, it was a very frustrating process because I did consider at one point using one of the U.S. suppliers. But when you look at the conversion rate, when you look at the shipping costs and potential customs issues, uh, there's not much room for any profit whatsoever. And you don't want to be transferring that cost over to your customers, right? So at the end of the day, uh, I mean, I am quite happy with the two suppliers that I have right now, but I would say that moving forward, um, there needs to be more types of, there needs to be more of these kinds of suppliers in Canada because there is definitely a market for it, but um, yeah. And, There's and, simply and, just and, not enough supply. And, and kind of from out there. my past business experience and, and, and kind of what I realized is that, especially going local, simply because you need to actually go and order 20 shirts or 30 shirts or 40 shirts and, you can't necessi- and, and you're not necessarily mm-hmm. guaranteed a right. sale, the thing is a lot easier because it's, it's based on demand, not based on... Um, yep. How many shirts you have, and then you gotta sell all twenty. Based on like, you you could have a hundred shirts planned out, but then you can only sell twenty five, and that's okay because it's based on drop shipping. They they build it so that you're able to actually get um, less less inventory, but you're still able to keep your margins. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, and that's that's why it's a great if you if you're just thinking of starting a business like this is a great entry level business because you you really it's a very low risk if you don't sell anything um, then you know what at least you don't have a hundred shirts sitting in your basement not doing anything right you you only you only um, you only spend on what you sell so it's a great. Um, my, out, my, sure. my last question is, or actually my second last question is um, you were speaking about analytics and do you, do you think that those are, are becoming more and more important um, especially in the e-commerce industry in general is it overhyped in some cases or, or is it just where it needs to be I think it really depends on how big you are if you're a small business um I don't think it's as helpful if you don't have a ton of volume coming into your store. Um, It gives you an idea as to where your customers are coming from, where people are visiting your website from, so you can do some more target marketing. Um, But I really think it's more valuable at a medium size or larger um, size business because that data will drive how you spend your, your budget year after year, I think. As your revenue, as your profit grows, uh, it becomes more and more important, especially if you're an apparel company and you're looking to get into a store or um, a bigger platform. I think it would really impress a retailer if you had some sort of um, 
marketing document that said, you know, these are our sales, these are where our customers come from, this is what they search for, stuff like that, um, to the tech-savvy retailer or uh, someone who owns a bigger platform, those things are really valuable. Um, but I do think some some of the data out there is not that useful, but definitely it can be useful for and, marketing and, purposes. And, 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 and also um, from, from a uh, investor or VC point of view, that, that, that especially having analytics and just having it uh, based on uh, for, uh, for uh, VC purposes and, and investor purposes, I Sales or revenue, and you, you can at least say, "Look, I, I, I at least I at least see potential in, in these other areas, right?" So you see, you may not be able to get massive right. investment, but it's an interesting stone. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and it's a good way to just know what your market is and understand um, their behaviors and what people are interested in so that you can tailor your future products to what the market is All actually right, looking um, for. Mike, where can people find you on Instagram and, and, and social media and that type of thing? And um, So Instagram, you can um, find us at Northside underscore hoops underscore underscore apparel. Uh, Facebook, if you search up Northside hoops apparel, you should be able to find us. Um, yeah, and also check out our website at northsidehoops.ca. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm out of your busy schedule to come, to come on the podcast. Um, yeah, guys. I mean, show Mike some love and, and buy, buy, buy some apparel. That about wraps up today's episode. Did you like what you heard today? Well, there are many more episodes wherever you get your podcast. Do you feel like reaching out? Connect with Joshua on Instagram at JJE underscore Bennett for more information about the podcast. If the episode spoke to you, please leave a review, voice message, or comment on either any podcast platforms, Anchor or Instagram. Keep moving forward.